This is the third part of becoming like Jesus, becoming like Jesus. This is the final part. There is a lot more to becoming like Jesus than these three parts, these three sermons, but uh, I had to boil it down to something, and I hope that you have learned over the last couple of weeks and will learn today just how wonderful it is to become like Jesus and just how important it is to the world around you that you become like Jesus. Romans 8, 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Those that God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of Jesus. In other words, God knew it was his plan that those people who would come to Christ by faith in Christ would then be transformed, conformed into the image of Jesus Christ as they lived here upon the earth. What does that mean? It means that in the heart of every born-again believer is a desire to become like Jesus is the desire to become like Jesus. It's not that we become God. It's not that we become divine. It's that we are reflections of God in the world. In a world that can't see God without you, you are a representative of God. Your flesh, your mind, your mouth are representing God in your world. God has determined that those who believe will be conformed or made into the same form as Jesus so that Jesus would be the first, but not the only children of God. Amen. He is the only begotten son of God, but you and I become children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, why would I want to become like Jesus? Well, because Jesus is all of these things. Once again, he is powerful. He is loving. He's truthful. He's eternal. He's at peace. He's victorious. If you want to live a life of victory, a life of peace, Jesus is just one little taste of Jesus. Jesus' friend, Lazarus, died. And Jesus purposely stayed away for four days while he was sick so that he could die and Jesus could show up and raise him from the dead. Jesus shows up. He's been dead four days. He's already in the tomb. Jesus peacefully, calmly says, roll away the stone. And while uh, Lazarus' sisters are distraught and upset, one of them even says he's been in the tomb four days already. He probably smells by now. He's probably already decomposing by now. Jesus says, just roll away the stone. If you believe in me, uh, you shall never die, right? I'm the resurrection and the life. And Jesus is, even when one of his his friends is dead and in the tomb. Jesus is at peace. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to have the kind of peace that Jesus has. I want to have the kind of victory and power. I want to make the impact in my world that Jesus made in our world. Praise his name. Yes, the best life you can possibly live is the one in which you become more and more like Jesus. So once again, I'm going to ask you, are you becoming more and more like Jesus in your life? Are you more like Jesus today than you were last year? Are you more like Jesus today than you were five years ago? Are you starting to have his habits and his mindset and his attitude and his actions? If not, why not? Why aren't we growing into the image of Jesus? If that's God's plan from the beginning of time, then why aren't we? You see, God gives us everything we need. Becoming like Jesus isn't you working hard and being better and all of this stuff. 
That's a byproduct of what God gives you. In other words, you can't be like Jesus on your own. God does it for you. The first thing we talked about is that he gives you the nature of Jesus. That when you're born again, the nature of Jesus comes into your life and he changes you from the inside. Religion says you're going to stay the same, but you have to change your behaviors. That is so hard to do. Like if you're a spender, you like to buy things and you decide you're going to stop buying things, you're going to have a difficult time in life. But if you can be changed from a spender to a saver, it'll be no problem at all because now your nature has changed. Are you getting this? God gives us a new nature. Number one, it changes us from the inside. Then he gives us the power of Jesus. The baptism in the Holy Spirit comes upon us and gives us power to do what God wants us to do. Many Christians today have a desire in their heart to do something, but they can't bring their mouth to say it, or they can't bring their hands to do it, or their feet to walk it. They just can't do it because they don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. It was so important, Jesus told the church, don't leave Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. It is the power from on high that is going to help you do what you need to do in this life. So God gives you the nature of Jesus, the power of Jesus, and he helps you walk finally today the path of Jesus. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is the path of Jesus. You see, it's not enough to have the nature of Jesus within you and have the power of Jesus upon you if you don't walk out the path that Jesus walked. There's a reason God doesn't just, uh, when you're born again, take you straight to heaven. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't God, when you are ready for heaven and you're eternally set, why wouldn't God just take you straight to heaven and say, okay, that one's mine forever and, and then this one's mine forever? Why would he leave you here? He leaves you here because you and I are his reflections in the world. If you weren't here, no one would know God. To a world that can't relate to God, you are the representative. You are the shining light. That's why Jesus said, let your light shine so that they can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If you don't let your light shine while you're here, they will never see the light. They will never know about your Father in heaven. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me today? Matthew 16, 24 through 25, then Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Say, follow me. Follow me. Many times Jesus said those two words, follow me. He walks up to a stand. There's a tax collector. His name is Matthew, and Jesus says to him, follow me. And Matthew leaves everything and follows Jesus. Can I tell you, it's just as simple as that. When Jesus comes into your life and convicts you, he says, follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What does it mean to walk the path of Jesus? What does that mean when I say walk the path of Jesus? I mean, do I mean go over to Israel and walk the, the same footsteps he walked and, and go to the same places? No, I don't mean that, of course. I mean live according to the pattern that Jesus taught you to live. Live according to the pattern that he lived, and you got to ask yourself, how do I do that? Why should I follow Jesus? Why in the world should I take the path that Jesus took? Well, because if you want to glorify your Father in heaven, if you want your life to matter, if you want to know that people got to heaven because of your life, I, I, want to, I love that song, Thank You for Giving to the Lord. I'm a life that was changed. And, and the song is about this. It's about being grateful for the person who on earth 
showed you Jesus and led you to Jesus and talked to you about Jesus. And one day when we all get to heaven, you're going to realize that it was because of their life, because of their words, that you made it to heaven. I want you to know you're making an impact in your world just by being you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You don't have to be the best preacher. You don't have to have the, the, all of the knowledge of the Bible. You don't have to uh, be able to witness to strangers. You just have to be you in your world. And what's going to happen is that people are going to see Jesus in you, and it's going to make an eternal impact in your life. Let me ask you a question before I go on. Do you care about your family? Do you care about where they spend eternity? Do you care about your kids and your parents and your aunts and your uncles and your cousins? And, and do you care about your neighbors? Do you care where your neighbors spend eternity? Do you care that Jesus came and died on a cross and, and he took the punishment for their sins so that they could be saved from themselves? Do you care? Do you care about your city? Do you care about your country? Do you drive down the road and see strangers and care about them? The Bible says that if God lives in us, we have the love of God within us and that we care about people and we realize the truth. This is not, we didn't come to church on Sunday because it's fun. We didn't come here to just play games. We came here because there's a truth that has been told to the world that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun and people are going to go there based on one thing. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? Come on. It matters. Our life matters. The reason you should want to walk the path of Jesus is because people around you need you. They need you to represent God to your family. They need you to represent God to your world. Hallelujah. Yeah, there are many paths you can take in life, and Jesus alluded to it here. He says, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. Take up a cross and follow me. He, you must deny yourself. That means there's a lifestyle where you don't deny yourself anything. It's all about you. Come on. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Are you catching the, the different path you could take? A path that's different from Jesus? Because, you know, you could say there are a lot of paths in life, but the truth is there's really only two. There's the path of following Jesus and then there's everything else. Are you with me today? And the way of the world, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof brings death. The most common path would be for you to live for yourself. It's about me and mine and having for myself. You could live for today, that what happens in this life is all that matters. Now, I'm going to hit you really hard, but this is real. A lot of times when I go to funerals where a Christian has passed away and his family or her family is Christian, and I see devastating, distraught grief. Like Paul said, we grieve, but not like those who don't have hope. And when you grieve without hope, it makes me wonder, do you really believe in heaven? Do you really trust that God has your loved one on streets of gold in his presence? No more suffering, no more pain, no more death. You see, when you really believe, you understand that it isn't just about this life. Come on, God's ultimate plan is not that you have 80 years of what you want down here. It's that you have eternity in the presence of God. Amen? That's God's plan. So what, what do we do in this earthly life? We try to do the best we can to get people to Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Yes, you could live for yourself, live for this life. You could rise above everyone else. That's what uh, the selfish path is. It's I want to be richer than everyone else. I want to be uh, more well-known than everyone else. I mean, just the basis of fame is that I'm more known than other people. Come on. And it's, oh, it's in the flesh. It's gratifying. I've had people walk up to me in the store and they say, are you that pastor guy? And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> you know, try to be, try to look humble. But your ego is going, hey, you're pretty cool, aren't you? Huh? Getting stroked a little bit. You could try to live a life in which you are more important than everyone else. You can try to live a life where you get as much as you can. I hear so many people who spend their entire lives trying to get money, uh, trying to teach other people how to get money, that the goal of life is to have things, have possessions, have stuff. Can I tell you, I've been happy when I'm rich and I've been happy when I'm poor. I've been happy when I'm healthy. I've been happy when I'm sick because my life doesn't depend on how much I get. One of the most empty things in the world is to pursue the riches of this life and then get them and realize that they didn't fill the void in your life. How empty it is that you spent your life pursuing this stuff. There's a path that says do whatever makes you happy. Oh, this is a big one today. If you want to leave your wife, leave your husband, whatever, it's your truth, it's your happiness. Just go chase whatever you want to chase. You know what that is? That's your flesh being led around by the devil. And can I tell you something? You know what makes rivers crooked? It's following the path of least resistance. And a lot of people live that way. They live crooked lives that never accomplish anything because they take the easy path in life. Whatever's easy for me is what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise my kids easy. I'm going to do my faith easy. I'm going to uh, have my marriage easy, my job easy. It's all about whatever makes me happy in this moment. Can I promise you something? You will never accomplish anything if you chase happiness all your life. In fact, the more you try to chase happiness, the less happy you will be. Because the path that follows Jesus doesn't have anything to do with you and I being happy. Oh, I said it. I know a lot of Christians are like, wait a minute now. I thought the joy of the Lord was my strength. It is. You know what the joy of the Lord is? The joy of the Lord is that when everything's falling apart, Jesus is still Jesus. He's still on the throne. Heaven's still your destination. God is still God. He'll get you through everything. Come on. The joy of the Lord is not that you emotionally feel good all the time. The joy of the Lord is that you know something deeper than how you feel in the moment. Yes, there are a lot of paths in life you could take that are selfish. They're about this life. They're about putting others after yourself, making yourself happy, grabbing all that you can grab. But there's a better life, and it's the path that Jesus walked. I want you to know today, this is the kind of life that you're going to get to the end of your life, and you're going to realize that you weren't perfect. You didn't always do what you should, but in the end, you made an impact on the world around you. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I want to live that kind of life. Hallelujah. My legacy is not going to be money or houses and stuff like that. My legacy is going to be Jesus. My legacy is going to be Jesus. Come on, are you with me today? Jesus lived in contrast to these mindsets. In fact, it was so unnatural and unusual that he stood out. He confused people. They thought the Messiah would come and gather himself an army and lift himself up and take over and grab possessions. And he would do like a politician would do, grab an army, take over and become king, make himself king. They didn't know that he was going to become king in a different way. He was going to be exalted in a different way, that he was going to have to wear a crown of thorns before he wore a crown of glory. Are you hearing me today? 
The path of Jesus is different than the world. It is not living for yourself, but living for others. A lot of people get stumped right there because we like to help people off the top. Like if I got a mountain of time and I got a little extra at the top, I'll shoot a little bit of time to you. Or if I've got a lot of money and I've got a little extra, I might shoot a little off to you. I might give you a little bit off the top. If, I, if I've got some extra, I might give you some of it. It's me first and everybody else second. But Jesus came here with a different mindset. He lived for us, not for himself. Jesus was fine in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. He didn't have any needs at all. But he saw you and I in our worst condition, and he loved us so much that he came to earth. The Bible says that he lowered himself even lower than the angels who are his servants. And he became a man just like you and I so that he could walk this earth, live a perfect life for you, die on the cross for the sins that you and I committed, rise from the dead that we could have new life in him. Hallelujah. It's the story of the gospel. It's not that Jesus lived for himself. He lived for us. He put us before himself. He loved us that much. I want you to know that it's not always easy to think of others before yourself. And there are limits to it, right? Come on. I always tell people, give, give, give. Give your time, your effort, your energy, your money to other people. But don't let them dictate when and how much. That's up to you and God. Let the Holy Spirit tell you. Because if you're not careful, the world will just take everything you've got. They'll take advantage of you. And oftentimes they'll try to make you feel guilty, Christian. They'll say, well, if you was a Christian, you'd give me that money. Or if you was a Christian, you'd help me do that. Well, listen, don't let any of that bother you. It's not their voice that you follow, but the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of you that you follow. Amen. But it does mean there are times when we give sacrificially. Jesus' death on the cross was a sacrifice. It cost him something. Can I tell you something? If you don't, if you don't sacrifice, sacrificially give, you're not really giving like Jesus. When you, when you give sacrificially, the way that you know it is that it hurts. It costs you something. You lose some of your time. You lose some of your money. You don't get to buy that thing you wanted to buy. You don't get to do that thing you wanted to do. It costs you something. Some of us, even our own lives, maybe at one point we had dreams of going to university and doing this kind of a job or exploring the whole world and doing this, but God called us to something different, and we've decided I'm going to sacrifice whatever earthly dream I had because people matter, and what God has called me to is bigger than some dream or desire that I have. Come on. Jesus lived for others. He had the eternal perspective too. He wasn't just thinking about this life. If he was just thinking about this life, he would have he went around and just made everybody who was sick healthy and gave everybody who was poor money, and he would have fixed everything up so they could have a wonderful, wonderful life here on earth. But he didn't do that, did he? You know why? He said, my kingdom right now is not of this world. Come on. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's coming from heaven above, and it's coming inside of us first. And I'm trying to change you from the inside. I know you want me to heal your body. I know you want me to give you money. I know you want me to do these things in the earthly realm. But what I'm most concerned about is your soul. you got to have the eternal perspective and know that God wants you to look at people not according to the flesh, but according to the spiritual and eternal realm. Do you think about your neighbors and where they'll spend eternity? Do you think about your kids and where they'll spend eternity? Do you think about your parents and your loved ones and your brothers and sisters? 
Do you wonder, are they ready? Do they know Jesus and where will they spend eternity? Do you have the eternal perspective in mind? Jesus lived for others. He thought eternally and he gave sacrificially. He was willing to give as much as he could, even to the point of giving his own life. Can I promise you today, God wants you to give your life for him. Let me tell you, there's two ways to give your life for a cause. One is to physically die for it. Let's say a firefighter goes into a burning building and saves someone but doesn't make it back out. Let's say a soldier goes overseas and fights for the freedom of our country and he gives his life over there. We're familiar with giving your life that way. But there's a second way that you can give your life. It is to give the days you have for that cause. It is to give the money you have for that cause. It is to say, Lord, I'll die if you want me to die for you. But if you don't want me to die, I will live for you. Hallelujah. I'll, my days are yours. My time is yours. My money is yours. My energy is yours. My family is yours. My dream is yours, God. Use me as you want me to be used, God. You see, you can sacrifice your life the same way anyone else can by saying, God, my life is no longer mine. It belongs to you. Use me for your glory. Jesus didn't glorify himself alone. He glorified his Father in heaven. Hallelujah. He lifted up God. Glory to his name. There's some people in my life that when I think of them, I think of Jesus. I think of God. Mm-hmm. I want to be one of those people. That you, some people may say, well, that Milan, he's just religious, and all he ever does is talk about God, and it makes me sick, and I wish he just quit talking about God. Well, for those people, can I tell you, just get used to it because it ain't going away. I want you to think of Jesus when you think of me. In fact, if you forget my name, that's okay. Just remember my Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to give glory to God. Jesus said, if you let your light shine, let's go over that. If you... Let, that means you have to let it happen. Your light, that means it's your light. Yeah, Jesus is in you. It's the power of God at work in you, but it's your light. You've got to be willing to step up and let people see it. If you let your light shine so people can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, there's a lot of people who are Christians today who think you ought to just keep your Christianity to yourself. You ought to keep your prayers quiet. You ought to keep your testimony quiet. Nobody wants to hear that. Believe what you want to believe and leave everybody else alone. But you can't live a Christian life that way. Why? Because a city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. You don't light a light and then put it under a basket where no one can see it. No, it's supposed to shine so people can see your good works and do what? Glorify God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, one of the reasons God allows us to continually to continue to be imperfect. We're not perfect people. It's because when people look at our lives and they see amazing things done, they realize that it's not you, it's God. It's got to be God, right? How did, how, did you do, how did you accomplish that? How are you so peaceful in the midst of such a trying time? It's God. How did you go from this to this? What happened? What's the formula? Well, it's God. That's what it is. It's Christ inside of me, the hope of glory. What you're seeing is not really me. It's God. And you, by being you, by being an imperfect child of God who goes into your world and does the best you can, and when you fall, you just get back up. When you make a mistake, you apologize. Come on, you admit you did something wrong, and you get back up, and people look at you, and at some point, they will realize that God is doing a work in your life. They'll realize that God is doing a work in your life. So what about your particular life? How do you live like Jesus? It's 
We all have different lives. You're not all pastors of Austin Alive Church. You're not living in my world. And I'm not living in yours. You've got different family and job and situation. You live in a different place. You've come from a different family. You've got an influence of people around you that are different than my particular people around you. So what does it look like for you to walk the path of Jesus? Now that you've been born again and you have the nature of Jesus, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you have the power of Jesus upon you, how do you take that and walk that out in your everyday life? The key is living after the pattern of Jesus. You will live not just for yourself, but for others. Think of others before yourself. Have the eternal perspective. Remind yourself that everything is not just about what's happening right now. Come on. But God has an eternal perspective. Be willing to give and sacrificially give. Give when the Holy Spirit tells you to give, even when it hurts. And let your life glorify God in everything that you do. Hallelujah. Sometimes you'll need to say it with your mouth. It was God who did this in my life. Come on. You'll, you'll get prayed for and God will touch you. You'll go to the doctor. He'll say, what happened? Why are you feeling better? And you have an opportunity right then to glorify God. Let your light shine. Well, they prayed for me. I feel better. I believe God touched my body. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. When you're at work and everyone's freaking out over the economy and whether layoffs are happening and you're at peace about it and they ask you, why aren't you afraid? Why aren't you freaked out like the rest of us? You can say, because Jesus has control of my life and I'm at peace. I know he's going to take care of me. I, had a, I was looking for a job and I found this one and I found another one. And God can take me from uh, what I'm making now to give me a better job making more money. Come on, let your light shine in your world. You see, your particular life is unique. Now, some of you today may be thinking, man, I've got to go home and I've got to really get busy and get to work. But let me tell you that you need to stop the mindset of you being the one who does it. Follow me here. Remember I said these are three gifts that, Jesus, that God gives you for you to become like Jesus. He gives you the nature of Christ. You don't work for it. You don't earn it. He gives you the Holy Spirit. You don't work for it. You don't earn it. And he's going to help you walk the path of Jesus. You know what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit inside of you is going to guide your life. He's going to empower you. He's going to push you. We call it being unctioned by the Holy Spirit. I want you to get used to that, church, so that when you're in your world, you feel the Holy Spirit pushing you. It's hard to describe because a lot of people want God to talk to them in English words in their mind. But, you know, God usually communicates to you in your spirit, right? And, and your mind is up here, but your spirit is in your gut and your gut might be telling you, go find out what's going on with your neighbor. Go find out what's going on with your neighbor. And your mind is saying, mind your own business. And your neighbor don't care. don't want you around, but your gut is telling you, follow the Holy Spirit. The, the gut is telling you, hey, give your coworker $20. Give your coworker $20. And your mind is saying, $20 is nothing. That's an insult. Why would I do that? Uh, they might think that I think they're poor or something like that. No, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. How are you going to walk the path of Jesus in your world? The Holy Spirit is going to walk it through you. Hallelujah. He's going to walk it through your life, through your mind, through your emotions, through your hands, through your feet. Hallelujah. It's really his ministry, and you're just his vessel that he's using here on earth. Oh, that's good stuff. Hallelujah. So sometimes we just need to wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, do in me what you want to do. 
Come on, Holy Spirit, do in me what you want to do. In fact, today, why don't we all just stand to our feet and let's look up to heaven. Come on, would you stand with me today and look up to heaven and let's say, Holy Spirit, do in me what you want to do. Hallelujah. I'll go where you want me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I will do what you want me to do. I will be what you want me to be. I will give up what you want me to give up. Hallelujah. My life doesn't belong to me. My path is the path of Jesus. I don't live for me alone. I live for others. Glory to God. I don't live for just this life, but I have the eternal perspective in mind. I am willing to give even when it hurts, God. And at the end of the day, I want my life to point to Jesus. I want people to look at me and see Jesus. I want people to remember God when they think of me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want my life to be a reflection, Lord. Hallelujah. And so today, Holy Spirit, I submit my life. I submit my flesh, my mind, my will, my emotions, my money, my family, my body. I submit it all to you to use for your glory. Use my life as you will so that others can see Jesus in me, so that they can come to Christ. They can become sons and daughters of God. Thank you, Jesus.